0: listening to the art of fulfillment podcast we interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies techniques and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment life isn't about external success it's all about fulfillment or in other words how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Art of Fulfillment Podcast. My name is Joe Corcion. I am your host and we got a really, really great episode today, Um, especially because today's episode is the epitome around not letting adversity that you can't control stop you from achieving what you want in life and not only achieving what you want in life, but to create a fulfilling life for yourself. Um, because today's guest is the first legally blind D1 football player and the first legally blind NFL free agent. His name is Aaron Golub and he is a motivational speaker and a coach whose mission is not only to inspire other people to push through adversity, but to ultimately not let that adversity get in the way of putting in the work, reaching peak performance, but most importantly, to create a fulfilling and happy life for themselves. He is also the host of the Blind Ambition podcast, and he's got a few other amazing programs in the works such as a mental and high performance program for high school or early college athletes in order to help them overcome obstacles in their life, become overall happier in their lives and reach peak performance in whatever area that they are going to um, conquer or face or just go after with the amount of excitement that you know young adults have in their lives. And if that's you that's listening and that's something that interests you, or you know of someone who could be of uh, fitting to that or could need that program, feel free to DM him on Instagram at Aaron J. Golub, and he will be more than happy to talk to you about the program and get you some details there, and he is my stamp of approval. He's an awesome guy. He's my friend, and um, I'm so grateful to not only have him on the podcast, but to also give him the opportunity to help more people um, by promoting his new program here. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Aaron Golub to The Art of Fulfillment. Thanks for coming on, Aaron.
1: Thanks so much for having me, man. Really appreciate it.
0: Of course, of course. And I always love having people who have defined pretty big obstacles, or I shouldn't say defined, but have really overcame really big obstacles in their life to pursue what they're passionate about and do great things, not only for themselves, but whether that's intentionally or unintentionally inspiring others along um, by what they're doing. And I think you are a great example of that um, with your story. And I'm not going to give too much away for our audience because I want you to describe it yourself, but can you kind of tell our audience what your background is, what your incredible story is and, and why you're doing what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, man. So I'm the first legally blind division one athlete and NFL free agent played football at Tulane university uh, and now, you know, one of my main things is, you know, I'm working in business, but I'm also a public speaker and helping to share my story and impact and inspire as many people as possible, you know, with the lessons I've learned, with the skills I've gained throughout dealing with this adversity my whole life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so, so cool. So my question to you is like, when you were like, what was it like to have this you know, setback that, you know, you're, you're legally blind or perceived setback, I should say, and to overcome all of the, you know, typical limiting thoughts that may have come up, whether it's thoughts or maybe people telling you, you can't do, can't play football, can't do any of those things. What was it like going through that journey and overcoming all of that resistance that may have came up?
1: Dude, I mean, when I was younger, I was never that athletic or confident kid. I mean, one of the things, like, I was never good at sports when I was younger. I was often picked later or picked last for sports when we were playing mm-hmm. as a team. And it kind of just got to the point eventually that I, I knew I wanted to be good at football. I, you know, was playing for a couple of years at that point, and I wasn't really getting that playing time. You know, I was going in at the end of games. But like, I don't consider playing the last five minutes when you're up or bit, up, down a lot, up, or, up a lot or down a lot, playing football. I consider that getting in because the coach feels bad for you and, mm-hmm. you know, they can throw in the scrubs. Like that's not playing football. And so I came to that realization, like what can I do to play and what can I do to play in college? And I found long snapping. I figured if I get good enough at it, then maybe I'll have a shot. And I just worked harder than everyone else to get to where I was.
0: Mm, Yeah, no, I love that. And so we're like, in order to actually get good at that thing, Obviously, I, I, it involved probably a lot of practice hours and everything like that, but did you kind of do anything out of the ordinary to get extraordinary at that skill? Because I think a lot of people, they want to get good at something, right. That they're not originally good at, but not many people do it. And I think there's a reason for it. And so what do you think kind of set you apart from, you know, the people who say they want to get good to, you know, You who actually got good at something.
1: Yeah. So and towards the second half of my sophomore year of high school is when I picked up long snapping. And then I went to a camp between sophomore and junior year that summer. I had been snapping a good amount, and I thought like, oh, this is a camp where it's instruction, but you can also get nationally ranked. I thought I was going to get ranked so highly. I thought I was going to be great. And like I have film of me still from then, just the ball like flies over the punter's head. I was terrible. I mean, I was awful. And something just clicked. I was like, I need to work 10 times as hard to be just as good as anyone here. And so starting junior year, I would wake up and get to school every day at like 5 in the morning. And I'd be snapping for an hour and a half before school practicing. And I'd go lift weights every single day, whether it was after practice or after school or whatever it was on the weekends. Because I knew I had to work 10 times hard just to be as good as anyone else. And just putting in that time and that effort. Because personally, I mean, I've failed more than most people in this world more times than people. The difference is I keep getting back up every single time. And anyone who wants to achieve something, if you keep getting back up time and time again, you'll eventually succeed. It's not going to be the first time. It's not going to be the 10th time or even the 100th time. But the 1,000th or the 10,000th time, you'll reach your goal.
0: I love that, man. And I love in your story how you saw those opportunities as and by opportunities I mean the times when you were you know snapping the ball over the punter's head and not doing great snaps you didn't see that as like oh well I guess I'm not good at this like you saw it as an opportunity to get better which I think is such a key crucial point of your story and I love how you just use that to light a fire inside yourself to get better to practice to do all those things and so okay so now you know you're you're you're, you're really good at long snapping and everything like that. Like, so how are you feeling now? Like at at this point, like where you're actually good and you're, you know, you're, you're playing football now, like, what is that feeling like? And kind of what happens after that?
1: I mean, it was awesome, but it's, I was playing football. I was playing, I was starting in high school, but it's not like it was lasting necessarily. So I was really Mm -hmm. good. You know, I thought I was gonna play in college. I had, you know, at that point I had confidence to the point that, you know, I was very good at bordering you know towing the line of the difference between confidence and cocky and Mm. you know I would never cross that but I was I had that level of confidence um and so this summer between my junior and senior year of high school I was starting to visit colleges meet with coaches more and I went to a school that I thought was going to uh you know give me an offer at some point it was a big D1 school and I went to visit with the coaches and then a week later I saw they offered a different long snapper I never heard from them again and on that visit was when I told the coaches about my vision, about my disability. And it just was a huge blow to my confidence at first. And then I was just like, you know what? Screw them. Like, I, like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to continue to work 10 times as hard and show them that they're going to regret not signing me and not taking me and eventually found Tulane, which is the perfect fit for me. And so thankful that the coaches gave me an opportunity.
0: Hmm. Yeah, dude, that's really powerful. And, and, it's really interesting to see that you went from a place of like really high confidence to kind of getting knocked down a little bit. Right. And, and it's yeah, you,
1: Sometimes, sometimes you need that though. I feel like yes. everything you do in life, like whenever you get on that high and, it, you know, candidly as a high school kid being really good at football, like there were probably times I crossed that line over to being cocky. Like I, I don't remember necessarily instances, but I'm sure I did.
0: So mm-hmm. I probably
1: did need that thing to like knock me down a little bit. And, it kind of refueled my drive.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I totally understand that, especially because like in high school, I was definitely the same way, like with certain things, right? Not with athletics, because I honestly was not very athletic in high school, but on other things in my life, I, I definitely could feel that. I think the difference between me and you, which is so cool from definitely a better perspective on you Is that for me, when I got knocked down in the beginning, like I saw that as like, a oh man, like I suck. You know what I mean? Like it was like pure confidence to like just pure like self-defeat. But for you, like, did you ever have any moments like that? Or has it always, have you always just had this kind of like faith in yourself to kind of keep. Keep back up and going, like because I know that there's people listening to this right now who maybe have been on a peak, right, and then they get knocked down, and then they're really taking it personally and and maybe not pursuing their dreams because of it. But what what is kind of your your viewpoint on that, and what kept you kind of going?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, totally. There were definitely times where I felt down about myself, about everything. I mean, the stuff I was giving up to try and be good at what I was doing. I I didn't always know it was going to pay off. You know, I had that confidence. I always believed. I was going to play Division I football once I started getting good at long snapping. But I mean, most people did not think I was good enough to play that. Most people didn't think that. And, yeah, it definitely wasn't easy because most people didn't have that confidence in me. But It was something that, you know, pissed me off and it was upsetting for a time. But you've got to just push through it and you've got to believe in yourself. You know, one of my biggest things is, is the fact that I think of things happening for me instead of to me. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, if you think of things happening to you, if you think of you know, my being legally blind happened to me, I'd be thinking of myself as a victim, and then I would have already lost. If you think of yourself as a victim or something happening to you, you're not going to succeed in anything. But in like mm-hmm. my opinion, the fact that like being legally blind was a blessing or a gift, it's not a curse, because it allowed me to have that drive in me. I wouldn't be legally blind if I didn't have the drive have the perseverance to pave the way for so many others, not only in sports, but in, in accomplishing other things in life.
0: Mm, yeah, dude, that is awesome. And it's it's definitely hum- so just humbling to hear when – because, like, I'll be honest, man. Like, there's been times where I've complained about the dumbest stuff. And to see that you're seeing, like, you know, you being legally blind is a blessing is something that I hope is a wake-up call to a lot of people listening right now. Like, to it, be or- like
1: – it's not even that like it's not even like thank you first off but it's it, you know it's, I'm, I'm not trying to paint the picture of like oh I can I can do anything you know every little thing is still hard for me like I this morning my alarm went off at like 5 20 and I didn't feel like getting up and I woke up at like five ended up getting out of bed at like six you know normally I'm fairly good about getting up but like the little things like that like I'm not perfect at them you know I I struggle with them every single day you know
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you being very humble on that for sure. Um, Because I think a lot of people do like to paint this picture of themselves. And I understand, like, given the spotlight that we have on all of us, especially, you know, you and I both in the, in the motivational speaking and self help space, right? It's, it can be kind of scary to to show the little vulnerability but I appreciate you doing that did that have any role in your journey or in your life today like being vulnerable like that because I see someone who is vulnerable like that as someone who is strong and I'm wondering if that has helped you along your journey in any way possible
1: so I think the fact of the matter is I was very confident in high school with being a good athlete but I wasn't confident about kind of my disability at the time so Mm -hmm. I think although I say that whole like you know it happened for me and not to me now I don't know if I necessarily had that belief in high school my belief in high school was let's persevere let's just keep working harder and harder I don't think it really was till maybe like junior year of college that I really was able to get vulnerable with it and be comfortable with it and kind of like a funny story so one of my roommates at the time basically just asked me one day and he was just like you know what do you do when you meet a girl at a bar, I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, do you tell them that you like can't see?" I was like, "I don't know." He goes, "Like, well, what happens if you're talking to her and then you like take out your phone and it looks like you're smelling, or you like turn around and you like walk into a pole?" I was like, "I don't know. I usually don't like say anything." He's like, "Why? Like, why? Like, why the hell don't you say anything? Like, it's your life would be so much easier if you just told them up front." And that just like kind of clicked with me. I was like, "You know what? You're right. Like, why? Why don't I just do this?" You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And so like, were you just, was it something that was easy in the beginning? Like to be like that? Or was it hard? Like what was that process of being like more vulnerable? Like,
1: I mean, it was definitely harder. It was, uh, it was something that I had to work at, but it's not, I mean, so obviously different people didn't know about my vision, but a lot of people at the school did because I was you know, right. that legally blind football player. So it just, I was trying to be more open about it or maybe talk about it or whatever it be. Uh, to not just like never discuss it, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I I can probably imagine that like just doing it over and over, like just trying it over and over again made it easier. I don't know if it maybe is, feels easier or not, but like at least something a little more comfortable doing it over and over again, correct?
1: Yeah, and totally. I mean, one of the things, my first like interview senior year of high school, once I committed to Tulane, you know, I really didn't want to do it. I wasn't interested in that spotlight of that. All I wanted to do was play football. And I really wasn't going to do it. And this was actually, we, you and I talked about this earlier. It was my like, biggest interview. I didn't want to go and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was supposed to go on Good Morning America. And I was talking to my coach, um, my long snapping coach at the time. And he was basically just like, what are you talking about? Like, if, if you can help one person or anyone by going on, then just go on. Like, it's your decision. But, like, I don't really give a shit. Just go on the interview. And I was like, all right, you're right. Like, it's, it's worth doing. So I did it. And I'm really thankful that he kind of forced me to do that uh, mm-hmm. because it kind of led to, it was one of the stepping stones that allowed me to be a public speaker now.
0: Mm, yeah. So let's definitely talk about that a little more. So like, what is, what did that path kind of look like? Cause I think it's interesting to say that um, when you were in high school, you didn't have that, that kind of perspective that, you know, the, you're, you being legally blind was a blessing. And so I guess that it kind of implies there was some sort of, you know, transformation along the way. And I know you mentioned your friend bringing up the, the dating story, which definitely is one thing, but what were some other kind of crucial moments for you that allowed you to not only have a different perspective, but to go out on a mission to help inspire other people through your story and speaking.
1: So it's funny because even throughout college, you know, my mindset changed with that and my confidence with like talking about my vision skyrocketed after my friend and I had that discussion, I still like wasn't really interested in the whole interviews and all of that in college. I mean, I did them when my coaches asked me to do them, but I didn't go out and look for them. Right. Um, so then after college, I mean, I tried out and talked to a few NFL teams. It didn't end up working out how I wanted to and I went to a job and I was very away from that whole spotlight, very away from the interviews um, and for that year I was in DC working at a firm and I, I mean, I hated my job. I hated the city. I just, I didn't enjoy it. So I moved back to Boston and, you know, now I love my job and what I'm doing. And, it, you know, it was probably towards the end of 2019 that I really just clicked. Like, why don't I start sharing this? Why don't I be a public speaker? And then it's really only been like 2020, the past like five months, six months, you know, my mindset and everything is just a world of difference. If you look at me now compared to me in December, I'm a very, I'm a completely different person. I mean, I was Mm -hmm. talking to one of my friends who really helped me launch my website and launch my whole speaking career. You know, my first, I never really used Instagram as a platform for discussing, you know, my challenges or my vision or whatever it may be. And my first post, I mean, about kind of public speaking about all of that, I mean, I sat there for like 15, 20 minutes debating, like, do I really want to put this out there? Like, what do I want to do? And then it kind of got to the point, I was just like, I put so much effort this and effort into this already, like, screw it. And I just hit send and, you know, been trying to like kill it since, but I'm so thankful that I did that because it was one of those stepping stones that led to my mindset now.
0: Mm, interesting. Interesting. So I think it's really, really cool to see that your mindset was way different five months ago from today and that you're actually like on this journey right now of just rocket sh- rocket shipping <laughs> to a, to a level, yeah, say that five times fast, right? <laughs> to a level where you're, you're going out and inspiring people. Cause like it, it's when, when I first heard from you from, um, from Tim Douglas, who's been on the show, I mean, like I would have thought that, you know, this is something you would have been doing for for years or, or something like that. So it's cool to see that shift in mindset from five months. So what do you think has been the biggest, most positive shift that you've had in your mindset? that has helped you to become a, in your own words, better person today than you were five months ago? Like what was the, the key insight that maybe you, you learned or um, started to think about? What was maybe the number one thing that maybe could help other people to do the same thing that you've done?
1: Honestly, I think the biggest thing is kind of what I mentioned before. I mean, it really wasn't until this year that I started having that full belief of my vision happened for me and not to. Mm-hmm. I think once I really realized that, it allowed me to say, well, let's help other people. Let's, let's do this to impact others and, and really start this public speaking. Cause although I was a confident person in college because of football, I don't think I never really had that belief of, Oh, my vision is a blessing. I, I think I thought of it more of, you know, I worked really hard and that's why I got here, but my vision sucks and I'd be such a better football player if I could see everything. And now I don't look at it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so what kind of, allowed you to do that did you like read a book hear someone's like speak it to your message like what kind of awakened that thing and I asked that just because uh, a lot of people who I've talked to including you know even myself like when for me it was picking up a certain book that kind of just totally shift my paradigm. And along the way, I've had like key pillar stone moments where I've either heard someone speak or someone said something to me. Um, And I'm always curious to hear like, what kind of like was the inflection point for people? So for you, what allowed you to gain that insight?
1: I think it was, I think it's a combination of things. I think part of it is just, you know, this would have never happened if I didn't have the idea in the beginning of, I want to start public speaking. And I think that was the trigger. You know, I want to start doing this. But then I think that the people that I surrounded myself with that helped me launch the public speaking were just in very different roles than me. So the people that, you know, really helped me with this are entrepreneurs. They've become very good friends of mine at this point. And I talk to them on a daily basis, just, you know, about whatever it is. Uh, but I, you know, was really focused on my, my main job at that point and kind of in a business attire. I would go to work in a suit every day and it just, I enjoyed what I did. And I still enjoy what I do on that end of it, but I love this whole public speaking thing. I think just surrounding myself with those people who had a different mindset, who are working towards different or maybe more unique things, allowed me to have that shift. And Honestly, as, as bad as this quarantine has been, as bad as the coronavirus is, and, you know, obviously, I hope it goes away soon, it's given me the time to not only develop my speaking, but to develop you know, my mindset of, okay, I'm not going to work every day in a suit. I can really do what I want how how can I structure my day to really improve on myself every single day?
0: Mm, I love that man. I really do love that, and I I I think it's awesome how you again, in a way, by what you're describing, has seen something like the coronavirus, where it seems like something that's some like an obstacle or a setback or. An unfortunate event by any standards, right, and you're using this as a is an opportunity to get better as an opportunity to improve your mindset, so it goes to show that you know it's it's not just one thing where you're you know you're seeing struggles as gifts it's it's a whole mindset shift, so for someone right now who's listening to this and you know, during the coronavirus situation, hopefully by the time this released, it's, it's died down much more than it is right now. But first, if it's still going on or because I'm assuming there's going to be lasting effects for it, what can our listeners do to help improve their mindset every single day and whatever track they're going for in life?
1: I mean, realistically, the bottom line is, let's just say we've been quarantined three months right now. Mm-hmm. If, if we came out today, you were either going to be three months behind in everything you've been trying to do, or you're going to be six, nine, 12 months ahead.
0: Mm.
1: I've used my time and I'm six, nine months, 12 months ahead of where I would have been because I've structured my time because I've changed everything about myself. Most people are kind of just wasting this time and it's, it's horrible because obviously we want Corona to go away and I hope that everyone is healthy and safe. But if you have that time, if you are healthy Don't just sit at home and watch Netflix all day and sit on the couch. Do something to make yourself better. I mean, I'm waking up at 5.15, 5.30 every single day to get everything done. I have my morning routine that I've gotten even more dialed during this coronavirus, during this quarantine. I've structured my days. You know, I've really gotten more into time blocking, get everything done, which I wasn't, you know, I did, but I wasn't dialed in on it beforehand and just get my non-negotiables and, and since I've been able to really dial all of that in, it's allowed me to create more goals and, and, and targets and really succeed on those goals because I have those non-negotiables in place.
0: Oh, I love that, man. Let's definitely dive a little deeper into that because the one thing that I love about the, the format of this show is it's all about practicality. Like I love, I love you know the good, the good insight and kind of broad level, you know quotes and everything like that. But where I personally like it, I know our listeners too, is like the practical stuff. So again, not to say that, you know, what works for you works for everyone else. Same. I always preach that on here. It's like, Hey, I have, I have my own morning routine. I have my own day. Like, but I think that, um, it's always good to listen to the strategies from other people who are leveling up to at least, you know, suggest a new possibility. So for you, like what does your morning routine look like? And then when you say like structure your day, like what does that like specifically look like so people can implement it in their lives?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll start with, I guess, partly the structure thing and every night before I go to bed, you know, I look at my calendar for five minutes. That's really all it takes. And you figure out what you're doing tomorrow. And if you have a lot of blank space then you time block stuff in, you figure out what you can do. To create success in that day, and it's fine to have blank spaces. You need breaks, but look at it the night before and figure out what you can do the next day. You know, then kind of going through my morning routine, I set a time that I'm going to wake up at, and that varies. But usually, right now it's five fifteen, five thirty, and you know, once gym's open back up, I'm probably going to be dialing that back even more. But right now, I'm just working out from home, so I don't need to. So you know, I, I wake up early, I work out. I take a cold shower because that helps me wake up and really be ready for the day. You know, I I do some reading, you know, I think about what I'm thankful for in my life and what I'm going to be thankful for, for that day. And then, you know, I I do some breath work and just focus on my breathing for a little bit and Mm. relax and try and get into a better mood and better mindset before I really start my day. And that's really my kind of morning non-negotiables. And my biggest thing is the fact that if you say you're going to do something, just do it. Like, like, why wouldn't you do it? And I, one, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. If someone says they're going to do something, just do it. And if you don't do it, don't make up an excuse. Don't make up a reason. Just own up to it. You didn't do it. It's fine. Whatever. But do it next time.
0: Mm, yeah, man. I, I share that with you. I think it's one of the most important things that people can do, not only to succeed, but to build the self-confidence and the self-credibility, right? Because I think a lot of people will have the, and I, and again, I, every time I say a lot of people, usually it means me at one point in my life. So just a reminder that I'm not trying to throw stones. I'm just talking from personal experience. But um, for me, like every time in the past, I used to be like, I'm gonna do something. There's that voice in the back of your head that says, no, you're not because you haven't done it in the past, right? And so you never take the action. But I think if people do what you say, because I've implemented the same thing in my life and it's done crazy, crazy benefits for me in terms of just self-confidence, is doing what you're saying you're going to do every single day, like no matter what. I think yeah, that and, that is- and If you don't do it,
1: fine, whatever. If you miss a task, you miss a non-negotiable, that's fine. But just own up to it. Don't pretend like you did it. Just own up to it.
0: Right. And so, so for that, do you just kind of like, just acknowledge it and just move on? Or do you do like maybe like a like a self discipline process? Like what, what does that kind of like look like for you?
1: So I think it depends what it is. You know, if I forget to do like my breath work in the morning and I realize at night that, oh, I didn't do it, then I'll take 10 minutes and just do it. It's simple, it's easy. Mm. But if I if I, you know, decided my body didn't feel good and I slept in until six or six thirty, you know, that's something that you can't go back and fix. So I say, all right, I didn't do it. I take note of it. This is why I didn't do it, but I'm not making an excuse for it. I understand I didn't do it. I'm owning up to it, and tomorrow's going to be a better morning.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Uh, it's it's having that what Jacko calls extreme ownership, right, of just your life, everything that happens, and more of the power to you kind of relates to what you said earlier on the podcast of just not being a victim, right? Like when you, you know, sleep in and you blame something else, like, you know. I don't know, the, um, the alcohol it, it
1: you're drinking. Cool. Yeah, like it, it takes just as much energy to hit snooze on that alarm clock than it does to wake up. And like, like most days I wake up on time. This morning I had, you know, honestly I had a pretty bad headache for some reason when I woke up, but that's no excuse. I should have gotten up. I chose, I made the conscious effort to go back to sleep for 30 minutes. It was my personal choice. No one forced me to do that. I chose to do it. I woke up and then I did the rest of my morning routine, but tomorrow I'm waking up on time.
0: Mm, I love how you said it's a choice, right? Because I know there's a lot of people who do hit the snooze button, who do eat the junk food, who do you know, not go to the gym and they say that it's not a choice, right? But I love how you framed it as a choice because that's what it is, right? It's not just a reframe, it's an actual choice.
1: And you're not, like I said, you're not going to, Everything that you choose to do, it's not always going to be positive. I mean, like I said, I didn't wake up on time this morning because of something, but that's not my excuse. I chose to sleep in. I still could have gotten out of bed and I could have had some water and I probably would have been fine, you know, but I chose to sleep in a little more and tomorrow that's not going to be the case, but it, it is a choice.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it, man. And I always say too, like, it's also a reflection of like your priorities in that moment, right? Like you prioritize sleep over that. And like, I always see it like same thing with, with time too, right? Like people say, I don't have the time. Like, I don't, I don't have the time to do this, 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 and this. It's like, no, everyone's got the time. Like everyone's got the 24 hours in the day. Like, you know, that cliche, but it's like, what are you prioritizing? Like, are you prioritizing like, you know, dicking off and watching Netflix or you prioritizing like starting that side business you want? Right. It's all just a matter of like, what you do in the moment, because that's just a reflection of your priorities. And all you need to do is just change your priorities, change your choices to use your words. Yeah. And you can change your life from there.
1: I I think just for our listeners, just so people don't get confused. Like it's not, it's not a bad thing to sleep in one day. It's not a bad thing to, you know, watch Netflix for an hour today. You know, I watch a show before bed most nights because it just helps me unwind, but just don't do that for six hours in the middle of your day like a lot of people do. It's, it's completely fine to have those things that you unwind or things that you do once in a while, like sleeping in, that's not an issue. Just don't make a habit of sleeping in every day and watching three, four hours of Netflix every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I, I totally agree with that. It's, it's, it's more, it's like everything. Yeah. And I, I kind of did dance around this because some areas of my life, I, I, I don't necessarily agree to the best, but, but like, You know, it's okay to have a little bit of you know, the the opposite of what you really want at times, right? Like if you, you know, have a diet, it's probably okay to have ten percent of the time like you dick off and eat something else, right? Like it's it's okay to have those things. And I think it is really important to pick up on a point that you said earlier, which is like acknowledging it, owning up to it and just moving on,
1: right? Like honestly, I think with a lot of things and this is something that I originally kind of thought of as a diet, but I think it applies to most situations, is I would rather someone go you know, 90% as hard as they can you know, at their routine or at their diet because that allows them to have that little cheat in there and still continue onward and enjoy it. But with a lot of people, if you're going 100% at it, you could easily be miserable because you're doing things that you might not want to do and you're not right. giving yourself that cheat. If you allow yourself to cheat that 10%, then you're going to be much happier and you're going to get so much more done because eventually what's going to happen is if you're going 100%, you're not allowing yourself to cheat on your diet or cheat on your routine, you're going to end up being miserable. And then in the long run, it's going to affect your routine and your life and your work in a much greater fashion.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's something that that I learned the hard way because a year ago, I was doing everything 100% and then I just totally crashed and burned. And I can see the immediate impacts in my life. Cause like, for example, I used to never have a cheat meal. I didn't have a cheat meal for like six months. And like, while it was like, yeah, wow, I'm fucking awesome. Like, honestly, there were some parts where I would, just, you know, I, it just didn't feel right. And then when I started to cheat a little more like then, and like now I only cheat one day of the week, but um, it's, it, it's a much bigger transformation. So I do appreciate you saying that um, dude, Aaron, you have been an awesome guest here. Um, one question that I do want to ask before um, before we end the podcast here, actually I got I got two questions after that, really short that I ask every guest, but I'm just really curious because for me, I don't know if you feel like this in your life, when you hear other people bring up something to you, um, you know it's something that you should do more. And for me, that's been breath work. So I've had two people like over the past gosh week tell me that I should look into breath work more and you were mentioning it that it's an important part of like your day and routine every single morning. So my ears perking up naturally. Um, so what does that specifically look like for you? Because I think it's also another technique that listeners can, you know, maybe implement in their morning routine if they're looking for something to get centered throughout the day, because I'm sure that's what it helps you to do.
1: So I think that's something that I also need to make sure I do every day. I mean, I'm making an effort to do it every day. And if I don't do it in the morning, I'll do it later in the day or something, but something where with my public speaking and my you know, business job, I, have a lot of high stress in what i'm doing and so mm-hmm. kind of one of two things whether it's kind of like a 5 10 minute just like meditation or whether it's something that i like to do called like box breathing where you mm. breathe in for 4 seconds hold it for 4 seconds breathe out for 4 seconds and hold it for 4 seconds just things like that that slow you down and allow you to have a better mindset going into your activity like i hate you know certain activities that I, with my job that i don't enjoy doing you know a handful of them that you know if i'm about to do it I'd rather do some type of breath work before I go in and allow myself in that relaxed state of mind because I'll be more efficient at what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that man. And box breathing, yes, that is a powerful technique. Um, I used to do it much more frequently, but sadly I have fallen off the beaten path of it. And you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to you right now. I'm 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 gonna commit to do it the next seven days every single morning. Um awesome, man. Yeah. So thank you for the inspiration on that. And I hope everyone listening to has been inspired to do at least one thing more consistently during this quarantine thing, right? Like, and I think you're a great example of someone who's used this time to their advantage to get six months ahead, nine months ahead, as opposed to three months behind. I love the way that you said that. I thought that was awesome. And um, Aaron, you've been a great guest. And so for anyone listening right now who wants to dig into your world more, follow you on social media, where can they do so um, if they so please?
1: Yeah, so my Instagram is where I put out most of my content. It's at Aaron J. Golub. Last name is G-O-L-U-B. You can send me a DM there, whatever. And also my website is air at, aarongold.com. That's kind of where I book all my speaking. If anyone's ever interested, you can kind of shoot me a message either through there or through Instagram.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Yes, I, I totally agree. Everyone should um, should go out and follow this guy. He's he's a really inspirational dude. Honestly, one thing I really appreciate with with you is having nice, concise answers. Because <laughs> and, and, like, and I fall prey to this all the time too when I'm on podcasts. But, you know, you, you, you know how to say a lot with a little, which is great. And I've had guests who, you know, I ask them to tell their story and, you know, maybe they go 20, 30 minutes, which is not a horrible thing, but, you know, given that this is a shorter podcast. Yeah,
1: no, thank you. I mean, it's one of those things where if you practice it enough, you'll get it down. And, you know, first off, thank you. Really appreciate you having me here today. and grateful for this opportunity, man.
0: Yeah, man, I'm grateful to have you on. And before I let you go, I have to ask you one question that I ask every single person on the podcast. And that is what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life?
1: Man. So this is something, I guess it's the same thing where if you asked me this five, six months ago, I think my answer probably would have been completely different than what it would be now. Um, And I think now what it is, is just loving what I do and enjoying the, impacts that i have on others no matter what kind of what job that comes from what it you know whether it's speaking whether it's helping others whatever it is and i think just have learned to really enjoy helping others where maybe 6 months ago i would have said you know i just want to make a ton more money mm-hmm. um, and i think over the 6 months my mindset has shifted so much that you know things like that will come you know no matter what you do if your mindset if you if you're right on your mindset if you're right on your body if you're right on everything that you're doing You know, money will come eventually, but don't worry about it. Don't make that your focus. Enjoy what you're doing and truly try and make an impact on others.
0: Mm, You nailed the essence of this show in its entirety. I actually started this show um, because I worked on wall street, was chasing a bunch of money that led to me developing a drug addiction, Kicked the drug addiction and found out that that was way more fulfilling than any money I could have ever had. And so, so it brings us here today, interviewing great people like you. And I love how you just nailed the essence of this show. So Aaron, Thank you so much for coming on the show. You're a great human being, and I look forward to seeing your speaking career thrive.
1: Thanks so much for having me, man.
0: Of course. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and ultimately being a loyal Um, follower of this podcast because I really, really appreciate that. I know there's a bunch of other podcasts out there and you chose us. And to say thank you, I want to make myself available to you if you need anything from me. So feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Joe and I'd be more than happy to answer your questions, give you some advice, give you a little bit of mini coaching, whatever that takes. I'm here for you and want to help you create a fulfilling life for yourself. So, and I really mean this too, like seriously, if you're just mulling about, uh, should I reach out to him or not? Is he actually going to answer? I'm going to answer. So (laughs) feel free to reach out because I want to say thank you um, personally also for you listening to the podcast. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you and we'll see you on a very next episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast. And until then, my friends, create a fulfilling life for yourself. Take care.